If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. And let me say it's going to take us a couple of minutes to get there, but we're going to spend a little bit of time in Ephesians this morning. And we're starting a new series of messages on prayer. And uh, let me tell you kind of the thought behind what we're doing here. I was, uh, several months ago, I, I began to be convicted in my own life and in my own spirit about some things in my prayer life. I began to be convicted about some things in our church and our prayer life as a congregation. And the Lord just began to do some work in me. And uh, I, I'm one of those guys that um, I, I'm one of those guys that likes all the newest things. So a new phone comes. I don't necessarily have the money to buy it, but I like to look at it and know about it. And the next TVs come out. And I don't think I'll ever buy those 3D things because, you know, I don't want to wear those silly glasses all the time. But, you know, I'm one of those new guys, one of those guys that likes new stuff. In, in the tech world, they call those guys early adopters. I've always said that I'm, I don't have enough money to be an early adopter, but if I did, I would be. And yet the Lord convicted me to, to not read all the newest stuff on prayer, but to go back to some people that lived a couple of hundred years ago. And so I began to read some things from pastors and scholars and just normal believers and what they said about prayer a while back. One guy that especially spoke to me was a guy named E.M. Bounds, and he has a book that's gone through several titles and revisions, but it's called The Power of Prayer. He just talked about the need for the people of God to be connected to God through prayer. And in the midst of that reading, I came across an author who talked about prayer in this way. This is um, what he said. He said, God has graciously allowed me to catch a glimpse into his heart. And I want to share with you what I have seen. The heart of God today is an open wound of love. He aches over our distance and preoccupation. He mourns that we do not draw near to Him. He grieves that we have forgotten Him. He weeps over our obsession with muchness and manyness. He longs for our presence. And He's inviting you and me to come home. To come home where we belong. To come to that for which we were created. His arms are stretched out wide to receive us. His heart is enlarged to take us in. For too long we've been in a far country, a country of noise and a hurry and crowds, a country of climb and push and shove, a country of frustration and fear and intimidation. And He just wants us to come home. Home to serenity and peace and joy. Home to friendship and fellowship and openness. Home to intimacy and acceptance and affirmation. He wants us to a place of deepest intimacy where we are known and known to the fullest. He goes on to describe how he connects to the Lord in prayer. And as I read book after book, article after article, I just got the sense that when I talk to people today about their prayer life, I don't get the same kind of sense of prayer that I get from reading these men. 
that prayer is something more that they have to do or they feel guilty about not doing. That it is not this warm, intimate time with the Lord. It's not this, this, um, this place that they long to meet their Savior. I'm not saying all people. In fact, there are some of you in this room I've talked with that describe prayer in exactly that way. But for many people, there's not that freshness and newness in life. And so this thought came into my mind and I was looking in other places and they talked about the need to remix our prayer. And for some of you in this room, that that might be a strange thing to think about, but basically remix is... Uh, Just a word that means to to redo. In fact, I I put the official dictionary definition of remix uh, on the next slide. And it comes from today, a musical term, and it says to produce a different version of a musical recording by altering the balance of the separate tracks. Or it's a different version of a musical recording produced in such a way. There are remixes that are out all over the place. In fact, uh, just doing some research this week, some of you will be blessed uh, in your heart by this. There is now a country line dance remix of Rocky Top. All you Kentucky people are going to love that. Wallace listed all those Kentucky people. Thanks for reminding us of the foreigners that we have in our midst. All right. So there's a Rocky Top remix, dance remix. They take Rocky Top, which is not, most of you would agree, the most dance uh inducing song and they redo it to make it that way all right and they just change some things around they do some different things it's a it's a fancy word for what they used to call the musical world a different arrangement of a musical piece and what i thought today and we would start and we're going to do this for a couple of weeks is we're going to take some common things that people say in prayer. And I'm not here today to say all these things are bad, but I want us to think about them in a different way, to remix them. And in our prayer life, to bring some life and vitality by trying some different things in the way we approach God. And as I was thinking about this, I thought of some phrases that are, that are common in people's prayers. Things that we say. In fact, one of the things that I did is I thought about my own prayer life. And what are the things that I kind of repeat? The things that I say. The things that just kind of come out. And and you may have some that are part of your prayer life. You may have some that are part of people's prayer life. You know, there may be somebody in your Sunday school class or your or maybe at the dinner table or somebody that you know or, or even things that I do that, that you say, you know, Lyle's going to start praying. I know he's going to say this, this, and this. In fact, you may have some people in your family. My, my gramps, great godly man, but I could almost quote his prayer at Thanksgiving. And so I want us to think through those kind of things and then ask, well, how do we rearrange it just a little bit to bring some life to what we're doing? In fact, I thought of five phrases. There are probably more than five phrases, but there are five phrases that I thought of that I heard about, that I read about, that are very common in prayers and you may have others, and y'all can discuss it in Sunday school if you want to, if y'all say, well, we just got to keep talking about this. But uh, here's the first one is, you start with, thank you for this day. Here's the bad thing. I started studying for this sermon about three weeks ago, and I knew that was going to be on there. And now every time I pray, I find myself saying, thank you for today. That's kind of the, I, I, I'm just getting started. I'm trying to get the introduction right. Or maybe I got called on it. I didn't know I was going to pray, so I'm getting myself settled moment. There's nothing wrong with thanking God for the day. 
but it just becomes part of it. Then after that, people usually move on to the bless us. Lord, as we're here today, just bless us. Bless what I'm about to do. Lord, I'm, I'm about to take this test. Bless me, please. All right? Uh, Lord, uh, could you just bless what we're about to do here? After you say bless us, the next thing you move on to us is be with us. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Would you bless us in this way? And would you just be with us here today? Fourth one that I thought about is thank you for this day. Bless us, be with us, watch over and protect us. Now, one I didn't put up there, which is kind of similar to this, is the, the threefold version of this, which is lead, guide, and direct us. And then, just to make sure we put a good ending on it, a lot of times we'll say something like this, which is, and forgive us for all our many sins. Now, I'll just be real honest with you. There's nothing necessarily wrong in any of those phrases. You say, well, then why are you doing this series? Because what we're going to do in this series is we're going to look at three of those, those three in the middle. Bless us, be with us, watch over and protect us, and ask how can we remix them, think of them in a little different way. Here's the issue with them, and it comes from from Matthew chapter 6, and it's Jesus' own words. This is right before the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, right sermon. This is right before the model prayer he gives, and he says, "When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard because of their many words." And here's the concern I have. The concern I have is this: that those phrases in my life, in your life, in the life of our congregation, in the life of Christians in America in general. Those phrases have become so repetitive that they've become empty phrases. They're just things we say because that's what you're supposed to say when you pray. But we don't understand what they mean. And so we're going to take over the next three weeks, three of those phrases. And I'm going to challenge you each week with a very specific application to incorporate in your prayer life. Now, for some of you, that's going to mean something new, which means you're going to have to actually pray. Statistics show that about half of believers who claim to be born-again believers say they pray on a regular weekly basis. So for some of you, that's going to mean prayer is going to have to become part of your life. For some of you, it's going to mean that you're going to need to alter. And I'm going to ask you to alter it for a few days. And what we're going to start with is the two words that we said was kind of the second thing you say sometimes when you get into your prayer. And it's the simple phrase, bless me. Bless me. Bless me, Lord. Bless what I'm doing here. I mean, this is guilty of worship leaders, pastors that get together and they get all their stuff together and they come and say, oh, Lord, I'm about to preach. Bless what I'm about to say. A lot of times when we say bless me, it means I've already figured out what I'm going to do, Lord. I just need your blessing on it before I do it. Blessing is not a bad thing, right? Are there blessings in the Bible? Yeah, absolutely, there are blessings in the Bible. There are things where God says, I'm going to bless you. I mean, even in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, before he gets to the model prayer, he says, blessed are. Those are the blessings. We call them the Beatitudes, but they're blessings. But what we have to understand is that we have to know what we're talking about when we say, bless me. And in fact, most, most of the blessings you see in Scripture that our promises to be fulfilled happen in the Old Testament. One of the first ones that we have is Genesis chapter 12. 
You know the story about that. You don't have to turn there. Abraham is there and God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you and your family. I'm going to give you this ability to be called my sons and daughters. You're going to have blessings that are going to go all the way out, all over the place, and it's all going to go through your family. You remember that blessing? When he says, bless me there, what Abraham is trying to to understand is, okay, God, what do you mean by that? So God begins to build a nation, a nation that comes from Abraham's line. Well, you get to the New Testament and you get to Galatians chapter 3. And again, you don't have to turn them. In Galatians chapter 3, you have this phrase where where, uh, Paul is writing to the Galatians and he's telling them about what's happening. He's talking about the Gentiles. And he says this. He basically says, all of you who are in Christ are now children of Abraham. Anybody remember the song? Maybe, Maybe it was in my time and it wasn't in some of your times. The children's song, Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. Anybody, how many of you have heard that before? I, I called it the Christian hokey pokey. Right? Because if you remember, Father Abraham, many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm. And then you start doing the right arm thing. All right? And then by the end of the thing, you're kicking out, you know, all over the place. But the, po- the point of that song says, had many sons, had Father Abraham. I am one of them. And so were you. Now, the strange thing for me is I have no way of tracing any of my line back to Abraham. I am, my family is from Scandinavia, the Larson family. We are not Middle Eastern Jewish family. But Scripture says because of what Jesus Christ has done, I get all the benefits of that blessing. Here's the thing. If you are in Christ, you are blessed. If you are in Christ, you are blessed. Say that with me. Say, I am blessed. There's a, there's a girl that works at a convenience store around here, and one of the things I love about the South is people that don't even know you treat you like your family at least for the five seconds you're interacting with them. And this particular lady calls me honey all the time. Now, it's okay because she calls the lady behind me honey and the man in front of me honey. Everybody's just, honey, how are you? And I'll ask the question every now and then, well, how are you today? And to be honest, when most people ask me that question, I say, I'm fine or I'm all right, things are all right. Just give give the meaningless word response. And without fail, she'll look at me and she'll say, oh, I am blessed. Now, I don't know if it's a meaningless response to her. It's what she says to everybody. But it's true. And I know that in some ways it's, it's sentimental to think about it that way. But every time she says it, I get, well, maybe I should have said that. Because that's true. And in Ephesians chapter 1, we see exactly how blessed we are. I'm going to read through a lot of this and then I'm going to give you just a couple of quick words and then we're going to talk about the way to remix it and we're, we're going to leave. Chapter 1, verse 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. 
For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace which He has freely given us in the one He loves. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment and to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In Him we also were chosen, being predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in Him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. And all of God's people said, look at that. Look at what we have. He has bought us with a price. He has justified our sin. He has given us a hope and a future. He has secured us for the day when judgment shall come. And when He looks upon us, He will not see our sin, but He will see the blood of His own Son who shed it for us and covers us over a multitude of our sins and is blameless because of Him in His sight. He wanted to have a relationship with us. He desired to have a relationship with us. He came to us. He gave everything He could possibly give in order that we might have a relationship with Him. He gave us wisdom about the mystery of the world. He has showed us the plan that is coming. He has said that we are going to be with Him when the day is over. And it tells us a little later in Ephesians, He has given us the very power that raised Jesus from the dead. That power is alive and well to be used within us to make it through whatever may come our way. We have been blessed. Now, here's the thing. I don't think many of us or all of us in this room, when we say things like, Lord, bless us, what we're saying is, I don't like what you've already done. But in some ways, it does feel like the Lord could just look at us and say, what more do you want? Yeah, yeah but when I'm doing that, I'm, I mean, I need something else. Uh, not that spiritual stuff, that's great. But I mean, like, I need next month's paycheck. I mean, I, I got a bill that's got to be paid. I, I mean, I, I got a son that's going down the wrong path. When, when I'm saying that, what I need is, is something. Man, I couldn't help but think while Wallace was talking about all the stuff we have. I mean, you hear people, the thing that people, no matter if it's Lynch, Kentucky, New York City, Brazil, Chile, people that we've had come back from mission trips, whether it's people that work with the help center or with the prison ministry, one of the things they say is you just don't realize how good we have. And one of the things that I think we need to begin to do is to say, Lord, help us to understand how blessed we are. Look at what Paul says in verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in your prayers. I keep asking. This is what Paul prays for them. Notice, he doesn't ask the Lord to bless them anymore. He doesn't ask the Lord to, to, to give them more stuff. What he says is that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit and wisdom so that you may know 
Him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of His mighty strength. He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, far above the rule and authority, power and dominion, every title that can be given. In verse 22, And God placed all things under His feet. When He says this, two things I want for you. There's really more than that, but two we're going to focus on. First of all, I want you to understand how truly blessed you are. May the Lord open the eyes of your heart to see all that He has done for you. And then He says, and then I'm going to pray that you will boldly live as a blessing to God. That the power that raised Christ from the dead will so live in you that it will shine forth who God is. So here's the prayer remix I want you to think about this week. Instead of starting and saying, Lord, thank you for this day. Could you bless us? You start with praise be to our God and Father and our Lord Jesus Christ for all that he has done for us. And then you do this next thing. Here's the prayer we make. Lord, let me bless you. Let me be a blessing to you and your name. Let me be one that shines for you. As I'm getting ready to go into this meeting with some people that I'm a little worried about, let me be a blessing to you in this meeting. Lord, as I'm getting ready to take this test, as school has started and I'm not really prepared, Lord, let me be a blessing to you in the way that I handle it. Lord, as I'm about to make a difficult phone call that I'm not real sure how it's going to end, Lord, let me be a blessing to you in what I'm doing. Now, here's the thing. The Lord doesn't need us. But the amazing thing about God is He desires for us to bless Him. You see, there's nothing really wrong with asking the Lord to bless you except for the fact that you've already been blessed. And what you need to begin to pray is that God would allow you to use what He's already given for His name and for His glory.